So when you kiss with your tongue, you do not want your tongue to be pointy. Okay. You want it to be soft and it's not like a, like you're not trying to stick your tongue out and in. Like you're not simulating penetrational sex. Who's, okay? ma- who's kissing with a pointy tongue? So many guys. All right, you guys, welcome to episode 10 of Hello and Goodbye. You have Leanna and Jared. Hello. Hello. And this is our second episode recording remotely. We're starting to feel like we're tech experts. Yeah, it's like really happening. This is, we're actually accomplishing this, I think. I know. I think we're doing a good job. (laughs) So I am like so excited for this episode, not only because we're celebrating our 10th episode of the podcast, but also because Jared has no idea what the content is. Like usually, so first of all, I'm just going to like shout myself out for a moment. I want you guys, I think we made a few episodes ago, we made like a kind of a joke or a comment about how we this is the podcast where we don't prepare for it or whatever. But there's actually like I prepare a lot for the podcast. And I Mm -hmm. I've invested money in this. And I spend hours every week editing the podcast. And I send Jared or whoever my guests are, I send them emails of what information we're going to talk about on the podcast. So there is a lot of work that goes behind the scenes. And So I want you guys to know, like, I put in effort for you because I want to bring you guys good content. And Jared just kind of goes along for the ride. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, you referred to me as the Robin to your Batman, which I think is true. And so, yeah, I'm here to help and support. But it's awesome the amount of work that you put in, like, you know, and like editing afterwards and all this stuff. And I think it really shows. Because I think you're doing a great podcast that I'm happy to be like a little part of it. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I do, I don't want to underplay Jared's part in this because he has been super supportive of the whole thing. And I really, I think a lot of our listeners have really gotten to like you and want to hear your input. And I don't know, should we answer like what you are here for? Like what you do, like what your title is? What do you mean? Like on the podcast or like in my job or what? Yeah, like a couple people have asked, no, not in your job, but like a couple people have asked me like, well, is he like your co-host? Like, what is he? Like, what is Jared? Yeah. Could we add my name to those people? Like, what am I? I don't (laughs) know. Like one of the people asking. (laughs) Yeah. So, so right now, Jared is kind of like a co-host sidekick. So he is there to support me and to be there when I don't have other guests on. And sometimes he'll be there when I have guests on. And I think I chose Jared to bring him on in the beginning because one, we're great friends. Um, And two, I love that you have education backing you up and you have all of this, like you've done a lot of work on yourself and therapy and like you have a lot of experience in relationships. And I think you give really good input to all of the topics that we bring up. Oh, that's so awesome. No, it's been really fun. Yeah. 
you know, I'm just, I'm just happy to be part of a podcast that feels so cool. I know, right? Like, who knows? Yeah. Maybe someday we'll be famous. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm, I'm just waiting for the first local sponsor. That's when That's when I'll really know we've made it. Uh, well, I actually had a local sponsor that was going to work with us before the pandemic. <laughs> so oh, I don't no. want to, yeah, I don't want to give that up. I haven't heard back from them. I'm sure they have a lot of other things that they're dealing with right now. Well, you know what? Then let's add the Hello Goodbye podcast to one of the businesses that's been hit hard by uh, by this whole global pandemic. Yes. <laughs> No, actually, I think it's, I kind of talked about this a couple episodes ago, but it's kind of interesting, the timing of this whole thing for me, you know, I decided I was like, you know what, fuck it, like, I'm going to do this podcast. At the same time, I was leaving the yoga studio where I was working at, Mm. because I just knew it was time for me to move on. There's no hard feelings between the owner and me. And then, like, what? A month and a half later, now we're in this pandemic and we're all kind of working from home. And it's amazing that I have this podcast to turn to and to do because I'm not really doing yoga right now. Mm-hmm. And I will be doing piano lessons, but I don't know. Like, it's just, I believe in God. And I think, I don't know. I just feel like he was kind of looking over me during this yeah. time, you know, like, for this to be something that I've wanted to do for so long. And here it is. And the timing was just like crazy perfect. I don't know. Yeah, so. I think that's so cool. I um, Something I heard recently that I loved was shifting your perspective from that life is something hap- that, that's happening to you to mm-hmm. that life is something that's happening for you. Mm. You know, Ooh, I love that. Yeah, isn't that awesome? And sort of like mm-hmm. everything happens for a reason. And I think it's so cool. And I think it's... um. I, you're a person who I feel like, oh yeah, this person should have an outlet. Like you're a, you're a unique voice. And I think, you know, I think like your honesty and like the courage that you've shown on this podcast has been really awesome. And I think people should hear that and it will help people and give people some laughs and maybe some perspective and maybe some hope. And I think that's cool. Aw, well, thank you. We are just, we are just having a real love fest tonight. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Like, let me tell you how you're great. (laughs) It's because it's episode ten. It's, it's true, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I love how it takes ten. What if episode ten was like we're just going to show our like best of clips? It's going to be like a look back at the ten episodes like, or the nine episodes so far. We're like we're going to tell our favorite parts of each episode. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like a making of documentary of the first nine episodes. So actually, I did want to talk about. It's been a while since we've talked about like our sex lives. Yeah. <laughs> so did, did you want to start with yours? Sure. Um, wow. Where to begin? Well, and it's interesting because, okay, so I, you, you said at the top, I have, I'm not been introduced to any of tonight's content ahead of time. You know, I haven't like talked with Nicole about specifically like what to share and not to share. But yeah, obviously whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah. Um, but you are having sex. Yes. <laughs> okay, yes, so you're having you're engaging in sexual conquests during the quarantine. <laughs> Conquest. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I think that's one of the things that both Nicole and I really love about our relationship is we have a really great sort of like connected 
intimacy and a sex life that is both really fun and playful and also like really kind of connected in a cool, intimate, like meaningful way too, you know? Yeah. And like so, it's more than just sex. Yeah. And it's been fun. I mean, you know, yeah, it's been fun. I think this is like, you know, like the longest time that we've been together, like every day and every night. Um, mm-hmm. And like so far, uh, so good, you know? <laughs> like, in, the, well, in, good. The, in the bedroom area and like other areas, you know? Oh, good. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, my sex life is non existent. But I actually, I did not share with you guys. So like a month and a half ago, so I think I mentioned that I had met up with a couple guys and we had talked about, we were just going to be friends. And one of those guys ended up seeing another time as like a quote unquote friend. And we got together and and hooked up. Mm. But it wasn't like... It was <laughs> like everything, <laughs> everything leading up to the actual uh, intercourse. I shouldn't say intercourse. I'm 33 years old. Fuck I you. think intercourse is okay. <laughs> what, what, what's the other word you're going to go for? Well, I don't like you. I don't know. I'm like, maybe I'm a kind of a prude, but I don't like saying like people fuck each other. Like, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. It just seems like. Like maybe if I'm in a like a committed relationship and I'm like t- like yeah. you know anyway yeah like, <laughs> I'll, cut, I'll cut that out but talking um, a little dirty to each other yeah sure right yeah but, so okay it was but so you could like leading up to the actual sex leading up to the actual congress uh that that would be the, that would be the real old fashioned term for it yes penetration. Um, yeah, that's worse. Don't do that. One. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Um, yeah. So leading up to the actual act of okay. sex, um, everything was great. And then I had kind of a freak out moment during because I knew it's not what I really wanted. Mm. And it wasn't anything like it wasn't non-consensual. Like this guy was not pressuring me. None of that. It was mm-hmm. more of just, I was trying to be cool about having casual sex and like it not meaning anything. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that doesn't work for me. And so it just kind of, you know, turned into kind of an awkward situation. And we, that guy and I talked for a little bit more. And then I was like, you know, I'm not really, I don't think I can continue to do the, like this casual relationship kind of a thing. And and we, we stopped talking. Yeah. So that was like a month and a half ago. And after that, I was like, you know, I really, really, really need to stick to my guns and try and be careful about only sleeping with people that I know that they're in it for me. Like they Mm. want me to be in a relationship with them. They're falling in love with me. They care about me as a person. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, so it's been like a month and a half and I'm starting to feel it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm also feeling the, um, the loss that's not going to happen for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking at a good number of more weeks of quarantine. Like three more months. Yeah. Like let's see, April, May, possibly June. Yeah, I well, think by end then, of May, beginning of June, will be in good shape. But, but then I'd have to actually meet someone. Yeah. So then it could be another. So we're talking like I wonder five. though if people will start like 
putting themselves out there, like, you know, like, hey, we think quarantine's going to be up in two weeks. Like, let's kind of start, you know, planting some seeds. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I did reach out to someone to ask if they wanted to kind of like casually sex. Yeah. <laughs> I, dude. No, like, okay. why not? I have, I have so many things to say about like, like all the stuff that, that, that you've just said. Number one, good for you. Like realizing that about yourself and being like, hey, this doesn't mm-hmm. work for me and it doesn't feel good and whatever. I, and I don't want to like tread over ground that we've talked about on previous episodes or like repeat the same things over and over. But this is like my biggest thing that like if this could be in sex education from the jump, I feel like so many people would be so much better off. And it's the fact that sex without emotional safety feels bad. Like mm-hmm. and it feels really shitty, like really this kind of like violated yucky like vulnerable feeling like exactly what you said it's not that the other person did something wrong it's just like oh i'm not i don't have the emotional security and safety and trust and whatever it is that i need to feel good about being this vulnerable with someone Mm -hmm. because it's extremely physically vulnerable Mm -hmm. you know to you know no matter what the act is right it's not just sort of penetration but you know any kind of like real deep sexual intimacy that's Mm -hmm. one Two, I totally support people having healthy sexual relationships with themselves, mm-hmm. you know? Like I think yeah. knowing what turns you on, what stimulation you like physically, as well as like what kinds of fantasies and power dynamics or whatever it is, turn your crank, you know, or like mm-hmm. work for you. Turn your crank? <laughs> yeah, why not? Okay. You've never heard that? I feel like no. that's something I, I stole from Dan Savage, maybe. And- I'm also a big fan of like using technology, mm-hmm. FaceTime. I'm a little more like, this is maybe my generation. One of my first girlfriends in high school, we used to like literally talk on the telephone all night until like 5 a.m. And like we, one of us would fall asleep on the phone all the time and stuff. And we yeah. would we would have a lot of like phone sex, you know, mm-hmm. just like talking dirty with each other, talking about fantasies or whatever, and like one or both of us is getting off. I'm more like hearing the person's voice. And I think I'm too self-conscious to like, mm. be seeing myself on camera in the corner of FaceTime. So like that's more my jam. But mm-hmm. if FaceTime works for you or if just the texting works or whatever, I say do it, especially in the in this new, you know, COVID-19 world. Right. Well, okay, but here's where I could think that our listeners would think it's a little contradictory. Because on one hand, I'm saying, like, I don't like casual hookups, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to do, like, casual sexting or whatever. And I guess for me, it's just different because I'm in control. Like I'm in control of what I'm doing to my own body yep, and I'm just being stimulated by this person versus like the physical act where you are giving yourself over to this person. Mm -hmm. So I think Mm -hmm. that's the difference for me, I guess. Yeah. And and, and I think there's some people who might be like, oh, that would feel like just as vulnerable to me or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people like you who say, no, that's a totally different thing. Like the physical touching is Mm -hmm. very different to me than just the sort of like the mental aspects and the whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, back and forth. And so, yeah, if that's what it is for you, then hell yeah. Yeah. I appreciate your input on that. And Let's just talk a little bit that kind of brings up like 
the idea that sometimes it feels safer to go back to someone that you've already had connection with, right? This is a big one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Then to like, on a casual basis, then to be casual with someone you don't know. Yeah. Well, and, and I think there's dangers both ways. So for me, I've had people that I've been with in my life that over a number of years, even if we were both single and we, you know, get together and hook up and, you know, like lived in different cities and would be like, Hey, like, let's, you know, meet up for the weekend or whatever. And that felt way safer and better to me than like, you know, just hooking up with some random person that I just met that night at the bar or something like that. Mm -hmm. However, there's a different danger there too, which is that one person is going to sort of want something from it that the other person is not wanting and staying on the same page there. Right. Right. And we, we kind of talked about friends with benefits, but we didn't never talked about like just casual sex in general, Mm. you know, because meeting up with an ex would not, not necessarily be like friends with benefits because it's not like, I would hope that you're not texting that person while you're in a relationship with someone else. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you have, if you have someone in your life that you kind of go back to, to hook up with when you're in between relationships, please don't be texting that person during your relationship. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Because I think that is a form of like cheating, you know, if, I mean, it depends on how you're texting them. Yes. If it, you know, if you're like texting them every day, like, how are you? I'm thinking about you, blah, 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 blah. Then you're never going to grow in your relationship. And that's not fair to your partner. Yeah. And I think it's also the biggest thing to me is being honest about where you are with your feelings for that person. Mm -hmm. Because if you're sort of hoping that they'll come around, you know, and sort of all of a sudden be like, wait, I want to be with you. Right. You know, and you're telling this other person, like, I'm fully committed to you, then like, that's a problem, you know, but if enough time has passed, because I have exes in my life now who are like family. That's Mm -hmm. how I feel about it. Like, I feel like we'll always be in each other's lives in some capacity. And that's probably weird. I don't think everybody's like that. But it's been years since we've been together and even years since we like hooked up and there's no unresolved feelings there on either of our parts. And we check in the same way I check in with like old friends of mine from grad school, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like every once in a while we'll maybe talk or exchange some texts or whatever. And there's no like unresolved stuff there for me that would get in the way of my relationship. Sure. And you're not checking in with the hopes of hooking up with that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the other danger I was going to talk about, you know, because you talked about if you're currently in a relationship, the whole like people from your past thing being tricky. I also think that a lot of people keep going back to someone from their past in a way that like keeps them stuck, like in a way Mm -hmm. that is like doesn't actually feel good for them because, you know, especially if it's like um, the person that you saw yourself with forever and then they ended things. But like every once in a while, they're down to hook up with you. And every time you do that, if it's like stirring up those old, that old stuff of really wanting to be with them and really like, why can't it work? Then like, that's probably not something that's going to be overall like healthy for you. Sure. Well, and on the other end, that person needs to be aware. Like if they are aware that you're still hoping or having those feelings, then I would hope that they would know that about you and realize that like their needs are not more important than how you feel. Yeah. 
So like that person needs to cut it off and yeah. stop, re- stop reaching out. Yeah. I mean, I think if you know that it's hurting the other person, then, you know, to be like a good ethical person, you should not do that. Right. I agree. Yeah. But sometimes that's hard because sometimes the other person is so just wanting to maintain whatever kind of connection they can. And mm-hmm. they're saying to the other person, like, no, 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 this is fine. This is fun for me. Like, they're really sure. not being fully honest about that. Yeah. You know? Then you don't know. Yeah. yeah. But I think, like, I don't know. I think, well, not everyone is, like, intuitive and stuff like that. But I think, like, you can look for, and, like, in a lot of cases, you can see the signs, even if the person is giving you all kinds of disclaimers. Mm-hmm. Like, you should kind of see through it if you can and just kind of put some distance there. You know. mm-hmm. Well, and I think some people are just kind of shitty people and they know it and they don't care. Yeah. And like that's that that was the image I had in my head when I was like, wait, time out, because I've known and it seems to have happened more with the women in my life where there's a guy that they have strong feelings for or whatever. And he's kind of a douche. And like every once in a while, he'll get drunk and be like, what are you up to? You mm-hmm. know, like that kind of thing. Yep. And then they like they get taken in by it and then hook up and then they're like pissed the next day or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, just to kind of wrap up this topic. So anyway, I reached out to this guy and was like, (laughs) I was like, listen, we're in quarantine. We're not going to be able to meet up. I don't know if you just want to kind of have like a fun kind of turn each other on texting, whatever. I said, I know that we're not compatible. We're not looking for a relationship, but I just wanted to ask, basically ask his consent before Mm -hmm. like I'm sending, you know, these texts or whatever. And he was like, um, he was like, you know, let me think about it because I want to make sure we're not making like a rash decision based on, you know, what's happening. So we'll see. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like what would be rash about that decision? Like. Well, because with this guy, it was kind of rocky where I wanted more and he yeah, didn't. Okay. And so well, I think- good for he, him. It sounds like he's doing what we were just saying, exactly. right? Yeah. But I don't think he realized how little I care what way the decision goes or not. Oh, yeah. You know, that I'm just sense. like- yeah. Because I, I think it would be nice with him because like you said, like that, not relationship, we were never in a relationship, but we had like somewhat kind of a friendship going and there was- some sexual chemistry and you know we hung out a couple times or whatever so i felt connected enough that way i knew the sexual chemistry was there but Mm -hmm. there had been enough time in between that i realized yeah there's like i don't see a future with this person as my person Mm -hmm. but i like him as a person and i'm attracted to him so we'll see what he says i don't know i'll give give you guys an update next week that'll be fun why not you know it's funny though it's like I wonder what would have happened if you had just sort of started sending him flirty texts. Like I I support the way you did it, Mm -hmm. but I think a lot of people are more comfortable just like kind of jumping into the swimming pool than being like, Hey, I'm interested in getting the swimming pool, you know, getting in the (laughs) swimming pool with you. Like, what would you do? You like, I've had people say that to me. So I was literally, this was years ago. I was fresh out of a relationship and I had just moved And this woman that I knew where we had had some like flirty tension, but not, I mean, you know, but we were both like new to the area and we were like, we both wanted to go explore San Francisco. And we're like, well, let's just zip up there together, like for a few days or whatever. And like, it was like two people who were new to California kind of like traveling together. 
And in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, is something going to happen here? And as we're hanging out, we're like having a good time. And I'm like definitely catching vibes. So one night I go, like we were drinking, you know, we had had a couple of glasses of wine with dinner and we're like being a little bit flirty, having fun. And I go, so are we going to hook up? Is that like, <laughs> but like it wasn't like, are we going to hook up or what? Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like being playful with it, you know, I was yeah, like, sure. and she was like so surprised that I asked, you know, she wasn't like upset about it. And then she's kind of like, I don't know. And then she like thinks about it for a while. And then she's like, I'm not sure that that would be smart or something like that. And then like later on in the trip, she like is like, oh, can I come cuddle with you? Like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And I think it was after we got back, she said to me, she was like, I, I wish you hadn't have said anything because then it like definitely would have happened. What? And I was like, that, and to me in my mind, I was like, that's exactly why I'm glad I said something and it didn't happen kind of thing. I mean, but by the way, this person's wonderful. Like no, no shade on them because we went on to be good friends. But I think people are not comfortable being totally honest and upfront with their sexuality. Like a lot of people, they're more like, just like, I'd rather we just start hooking up than like me tell you about what I like and don't like, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people are uncomfortable having that level of honesty. And so yeah. I think it was like that for her when I like called it out. Interesting. She was like, oh, I don't know. But if we had had another glass of wine and I kept being flirty and then I planted one on her, I think she would have gone for it. But to me, like where I am in my life is I'm like, yeah, if you're not comfortable enough being like, yeah, I'm feeling you too. Let's do this. You know, and then just putting it out there, then I don't want to go down that road, you know? I agree. I guess for me, I would rather be blatantly rejected than for me to send this flirty text and then be like, cool. Yeah. You know, or like send like a sexy picture, like not a nude. I wouldn't do that unless I had consent, but like send a sexy picture and then give me like the thumbs up or just like <laughs> not, or just like not reply, you yeah. know? So yeah. I would rather just be honest about it then get rejected a different way. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because I think about like, e even on a first date, if I'm with someone and it's clearly vibing, rather than try to be slick in making the move, I'll be like, I'm definitely going to try to kiss you tonight. Like, uh, you know, like, should it, you, you know, say that? Just do it now. Yeah. Oh, see, I think that's sexy. That would yeah, like, I think so that too. would I'm turn like, me on. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm like, hey, I'm having an awesome time and I'm feeling you. Like, just so you know, I'm going to try to kiss you later. So if that's not something you're interested, you should like let me know that. Yeah. Um, you know, and no, just kind of that like would, yeah. being goofy about it or whatever. Right. Yeah. Rather than, because I'm like, well, what's the alternative? Like, I'm going to like scoot my chair over like farther and farther to try to like <laughs> lean in. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, no, let's just I, call it out. I think that's sexier than the awkward waiting for the kiss. And it's like, well, if I stare at you or whatever, then you'll find, I don't know, whatever. So I'm with you on that. But let's, let's Wait, move can on. I, can I just ask, have you been, have you had the experience where you're on a date and you can tell the guys like trying to figure out how to make yes. the move? Yes. <laughs> and how long like does it go on? <laughs> 
I have mean, you ever called it out? Like when that, like in that moment where you're like, this guy's like definitely wanting to kiss me and trying to figure out how to do it and, or like trying to like work up the nerve. Like, have you ever just been like, you know, you can just go for it. Like I can tell that you want to kiss me. Like Surprisingly, I've never called it out. You know, when I was telling my ghosting story, I did ask that guy. I was like, are you going to kiss me? Remember that? Uh-huh. Um, no, I usually like, if I know they want to kiss me and they haven't kissed me yet, I'll just like, I'll put myself in this situation, like I'll hug them or whatever, and then I'll look up so that they <laughs> that they kiss me. Like, like, but I, what I really want is for them just to grab me, pull me in, and kiss me. Yes, that's but like what, yeah, that's what you want. But then, or to like so instead, push me up against like, a wall or a car or whatever. <laughs> I mean, not like not like attack me for the first kiss, but like mm-hmm. you know, the first kiss it says a lot. It says a lot mm-hmm. of like how the person does it. I don't really like first kisses in like a bar. Like if I meet someone and we're in a bar and they like try and kiss me for the first time in the bar in front of like a ton of people like that. It's not a turn on for me because I feel uncomfortable that we're having this intimate first moment with like mm-hmm. everybody there. So I prefer like there to be that sexual chemistry and then leave and then it happened privately, like outside yeah. or something like that. And then once I'm dating the person, then I'll be all over them in front of people. But that first mm-hmm. moment, like I want it to, yeah, I mean, every girl wants it to be special. I think sure. guys, I think guys just want it to happen. And the girls <laughs> want it to be like a moment. But you know, well, it's interesting. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're going so off topic here, but it's really interesting. Like, so the first kiss really says a lot. Like I've had dates where the first kiss will happen and it's like it's magic like and it's not even that I'm really into this person or not like sometimes I am sometimes I'm not but like that first kiss it just you feel it all through your body and then there's like first kisses where you're like "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) like no fully you know where you're disappointed like the chemistry was there but then the kiss wasn't and then I've had guys where I've trained them how to kiss and you know, then we yeah. went from there. There's this theory, right? That there's different genetic markers in saliva. This is like, th- this is really thin. Don't ask me for sources on this, but that kissing is a way to see if your partner is genetically similar to you. And if, if they are, you know, then that's like uh, our evolutionary instincts want us to not procreate with people like that because you don't know if they're like in your family somehow right this is like thousands of years ago when okay wait, wait, we're wait. Like running around the so world. you're saying if you are evolutionary evolutionarily similar similar then the kiss is going to be good or it's not going to be good not going to be good oh right? okay so then like there's that the, you know there's, so this is an evolutionary sort of biology or evolutionary psychology explanation for why that happens which is like sometimes you kiss and you're like oh bingo like this is a good match i think that's silly i think it's probably more to do with the person's technique and whether you're feeling them i like to think that there's something i don't know maybe there's something deeper to it who knows but Actually, i think it's hilarious the idea of like the situation the the woman is in you know in like straight couples of like what you just described of like i can tell this poor guy wants to kiss me i'm just gonna help him out and like get my face close to his face <laughs> you know so that like he can actually do the thing, you know, but, and I do agree with you that like the, the first kiss, I think says something that means a lot. And I think that's part of why I do it the way I do it 
is because I'm like, well, I'm going to put myself out there. And, and what I want from like a partner or someone that I want to be romantic is like for you to be like, yeah, like a me too. And then it's like a thing we're both doing, you know, sure. like that's important to me. Like I like sort of like strong women. So I think like that's part of why I do it in that way. Cause that's like more meaningful to me. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to give a a brief kissing lesson to the men (laughs) who are listening right now. Okay. I'm going to tell you what not to do. And this is mainly, I've experienced this mainly with guys under the age of 30. So if you're under the age of 30, just like listen up. Okay. So when you kiss with your tongue, you do not want your tongue to be pointy. Okay. You want it to be soft. And it's not like a, like you're not trying to stick your tongue out and in. Like you're not simulating penetrational sex. Who's, okay. Mate, who's kissing with a pointy tongue? So many guys. Okay. Oh, God. So like it's not a don't do a pointy tongue. It's not an in and out movement. You're curving your tongue with the other person's tongue and it should just melt together. It doesn't, you don't need to deep throat us with your tongue. <laughs> And you don't need to do like like little. I don't know if guys learn this in porn or whatever, where it's like they flick their tongue or whatever. Guys, Ugh. it doesn't feel good. It doesn't. It it for me, it takes me out of whatever happen is mm. happening, and I'm like, what? What is happening? Like I don't yeah. understand. So all you need to do, there's not magic to it, is soften your tongue, and follow the pattern of the other person. It's like. It doesn't need to be this big, like overdone ordeal and stop with the hard pointy tongue that acts as a sexual penetration. Well, and I really appreciate that perspective. Yeah, I made out with when I was in college, this woman who was from Germany and she was doing this like darty snake tongue thing. (laughs) It's like, is this just what is this like a European thing? Like I had no idea. But I was like, I I did not enjoy it. Um But I also think, too, it's helpful, like, if I was to give some advice to, like, younger dudes, it would be what you just said. And in addition to that, like, less is more at the beginning, right? Like, just kind of, like, you start opening your mouth, so you then do, like, do a little bit, a little way, and then see if she sort of meets you, like, and and you'll read the response to see if it's, like, oh, yeah, more of that. Yes. Um, Right? Like, so then you're both... I, I always use the metaphor in terms of like two people turning each other on is like you're both building a fire together. You know, you're putting like logs oh, I like on the that. fire. Yeah, that's nice. You know, yeah. And like, because it, then it's like if one person's the only one like building the fire, like even through flirting and texting and whatever, then then you're just like, oh, this kind of sucks, right? You should yeah. both be building the fire. And so the same thing with kissing, like just put put a log on and see if they put one on and then yes. you know yes yeah i really like that and one more thing on kissing also i've had a, a couple guys where the it's so fast like it's like the tongue movement is like in and around and it's it's like and i just want them to slow down like just yeah like women think differently than men and like i'm not saying if you're if you've been hooking up with this person and you're having like a hot, heavy session or whatever, and maybe that looks a little different. I'm talking about the first couple times you're hanging out, you're making out, you're getting to know each other. Like just slow it down. Like there's mm-hmm. no rush. I would say, I mean, and I'm, this is obviously not all women, but 
I would say most women probably prefer it to be softer and slower and more delicate and not in a delicate as in like, we want to be this delicate little flower, but I'm saying like, I guess, uh, okay, not delicate, sensual. So slow, soft, mm. and sensual. And I think a lot of men lose the sensuality because they they want the the fucking part or whatever. And so you, but we need to be like seduced. We need to. Yeah. Be like, no, I think I yeah. yeah. I think like tease a little bit. Yeah. And like, like let like let things warm up. Yes. You know what I I'm agree. saying? Like yes. Yeah. Well, and because there's times too, right? When you're with someone and you're both like super hot and heavy and turned on and maybe you're having sex, whatever. Then like there's times where there's like a lot of tongue, like absolutely. Yes. And it's hard and fast and, and it's hot and it's fun. Right. Yes. But like you both have to be there. Yes. Correct. I agree. And it's not in the very beginning. So anyway, well, we have like so much content to cover. (laughs) What a nice detour. I know. (laughs) So, Let's do this first. Let's answer our listener questions. Um, right. And then we'll talk about our worst date stories. We'll end okay. with that. Okay. So I asked you guys online a couple weeks ago to send us any questions that you had that you wanted us to answer. And so this segment is titled The One With All The Questions. <laughs> So it's kind of like a playoff of friends, you know, all of their episodes are like the one with, so this is the one with all the questions. So the first question I think is only for me to answer, but Jared, if you have any input, you're more than welcome to. The first question is what vibrator do you use? Oh, I, I don't have, actually, I want to hear your answer, but I actually will have some input on this one. I knew you would. Okay. (laughs) So I have two. I have one. Well, both of them are only for the clit. So I don't do like a, I don't do a dildo type of vibrator. Like Like that doesn't work for me. Yeah. I just need something to simulate the clit. So I have one that is like $30 on Amazon. It's called Shibaru and it's black because I don't like the colored ones and it's weird i don't want like a pink and purple vibrator like you know so (laughs) anyway it's just black and i just you know it has a couple different speeds and so i use that's like my main one and then when i want to kind of like i also use them during sex so i have like a smaller one that's a little softer like it has a softer Mm -hmm. feeling um and that is from babeland toys so you can find them online and it's called the roxy um and it is pink but that's like the only color that they had so i like that one it's not as strong of a vibrator as the other one so it just Mm kind of depends on like what strength you need or whatever but the roxy is more like you could put it in your purse it's small enough to kind of travel with and if you are using it during sex like it would be more convenient to than to use the larger one that I have. Awesome. Here's a few pieces of input from me. One, I think like guys like just like being comfortable with that and being curious and like being down to like explore like with toys during intercourse or as something sort of separate, you know, as a separate kind of like fun foreplay and, and getting each other off or whatever. Because I know like a lot of dudes can get weird about that. Like, yes. I've, you know, it can I've be this had, weird like. Yeah, I've had a few encounters um, where they're really not comfortable with it. And for me at, at this point in my life, it's the only way that I can get off. 
Mm -hmm. So until I find a partner that wants to work more with me in other Mm -hmm. areas, it's how I get off. So if they want me to come, then I need to use the vibrator. And I have had some guys that are super weird about it. They don't, it's like, they don't like, they're like, well, I'm going to change that. Or they don't like that. They're not like the man producing the orgasm. Yeah. And some of that's like ego bullshit, but also some of that is like, we're taught, you know, like our dick is supposed to be like the be all end all or whatever. Mm -hmm. If you can't like get the job done by yourself, then like, you're not a real man or something like that. Right. Yeah. 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 But so yeah, definitely having the comfort level with that a toy that I bought with a partner years ago that was really fun. It was this little vibrator that like. It was like actually, a sex, like a sex ring. Or no, I was going to talk about like cock rings and stuff like oh, that. Okay. And that. You can buy ones that have a little vibrator yeah. on the top, I believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I've had friends who like swear by those with their partners, but I bought this vibrator with a former girlfriend of mine that she could kind of like wear like mm. and sort of put in the right position and then it had a remote control and I would have the remote control. Oh, interesting. And like we would like go out, you know, like it was like really small and like low profile. So she would wear it like under her pants or whatever or dress. Or oh, whatever. so like you're out in public. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was so fun. It was a really. Oh, like, that's fun really funny. Oh, I yeah. like that. Yeah. Very cool. There, I like yeah, that. There's like one New Year's <laughs> Eve party we were at and like. I was like, oh, where is she? And so I just turned it on and like left it on. <laughs> and then she like came, came, came looking for me. Like she was like, you asshole. Like five minutes later. She was like, I was in this like really quiet part of the house. And like the, the girl I was talking to was like, do you hear like a cell phone vibrating or something like that? <laughs> That's so funny. I love that so yeah. much. Yeah, I am like all for toys and playing and I can't wait to have a partner again where like we can explore that. Yeah. So I think, I think all of that is fun and singlehood, like totally masturbation, get a toy, you know, take care of yourself, you know? Yeah. And I would say, yeah, like, and, and it's all about like knowing yourself better so that you can have more satisfying sex with a partner too. Yes, definitely. You know, yeah, a a thing, and I'm going to borrow this from Dan Savage, but that he, talks to uh, guys about a lot typically is often guys will masturbate in the same exact way every time. And yeah. he calls it like death grip syndrome, uh-huh, and especially with the way like internet porn and stuff can be so much mental stimulation. And if you train your body and your dick to only respond to a very specific physical stimulation, mm-hmm. then that can actually hamper your pleasure with a partner. And so Use lube, vary up your technique, like those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I'm sure that's applicable to women as well. Like for me, I know what's going to get me off. um, Mm -hmm. And so that's what I've always done. But I'm sure that in the future, anyway, I don't need to go in too much detail. But if I refrain from that method for a while and then relearn a new method with my partner, I think that's viable as well. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. Are you ready? What do you think about people dating with different political views? I have a friend who's like very much in a relationship like this. I I don't know. I I think there's at some point, like if your values and understanding of life and human beings and what is good and what is not good 
I think for most of us, that should be a foundational piece of where our politics are built. And, and so if those things are out of alignment, I think that's going to be tough. But also, uh, some people just, it's not that important to them. And, I agree. Yeah. I think that, yes, I think it's how deep you're in it. So like, for instance, I'm very liberal, you're very liberal, mm -hmm. but I have really good friends that are Republicans and we just never talk about it. Yeah. But for my partner, because I am so liberal, that's not going to work for me. I have tried dating guys who are conservative and it just doesn't align. And I think it's taken a bit of a turn with the times that we have now. Like there's, you're either for Trump or you're anti-Trump. Like it's mm. kind of like he's definitely brought a different side of, of politics to our nation. So I think if you're like moderate or you're apolitical or you're conservative or liberal, but you don't really, you're not like, you don't care about it, then sure. Yeah. Like, go for it. But I think if you're starch one way or the other, I mm -hmm. think that there could be issues. Yeah. Well, or I think a lot of times, like, somebody just chooses to, like, shut up about it. You know, like, one partner or the other is just like, man, that's their thing. And I don't agree, but there's no point in getting into it. And, yeah, like, true. I think people can avoid that. Like, I, I, I don't think I could because I just, like, love talking and want to, like, hash everything out. Mm -hmm. But um, for a lot of people, yeah. You know, they just are like, well, I feel this way. He feels that way or she feels that way. And it, yeah, it's whatever. We just try not to talk about it. I think it's personal to who I think the person who asked this question probably has strong political views and should not date somebody. I agree. Opposite. Yes. Views, yeah. Right? yeah. And I will say from my so to that person, um, from my standpoint, I've tried being open minded and dating someone on the opposite extreme and it has been a disaster. Mm. So, but I've also yeah. had ex disasters with liberals. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's in the end, you love, you're going to fall in love with who you fall in love with. You know, like I fell in love with someone who was atheist and that mm. turned out to be a really big issue. So I just think it's important, like figure out what's important to you. Now I know that I can't date people who are atheists who make fun of Christians, like that's just not going to work. Mm. So I think it's important to kind of like figure out how deep you feel about this. And if yep. you feel really strongly, then just don't even go there with someone that's going to yeah. be opposite of that. Yes. I, but I do think you just brought up a really important point, which is it's more about how you can talk mm -hmm. to each other, right? Because you may be able to date an atheist who is sort of respectful True. Uh, people's beliefs and stuff. And and the same thing is true in, in the political sphere. Two of my really close friends who are married, her faith is incredibly important to her and he is an atheist. But he also like has a profound sense of meaning in his life and being in nature. And I would say maybe pseudo spiritual for him. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, I get it. Like, I don't feel the way you do, but I'm never going to make you feel dumb or belittle how you feel. And she feels the same thing. She's like, you know, we can connect, even though my spirituality is very much of the Christian faith, we still agree on the important stuff and can treat each other, treat our differences with mutual respect and even, even mutual affection. So mm -hmm. yeah, that was not quick. Sorry. It wasn't quick, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess in summary, it just depends on the person and 
if you want to dive into something with someone that has opposite political or religious beliefs, like make sure that person is respectful of you and what you believe and is, and I think, I think generally the morals have to be aligned, right? Like how Mm -hmm. we treat people, how we love other people. And if those morals are still aligned and there's different, different political views and you feel comfortable with that, then sure. But for me, it just doesn't work. Okay. Yeah, I've, yeah I've never, I've never actually dated someone with like radically different, you know, views than I have, and it's interesting. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Okay. How do people guard their heart slash emotions while staying emotionally open with today's hookup culture? Hmm. I feel like we answered this one kind of in a roundabout in way. this episode. Yeah. You know, with the like, idea of like, like recognizing what feels safe for you and what. Oh, doesn't. sure. And, and I, I mean, I would say the way to do that is to like be open-minded, but move slow, communicate, 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 you know, and if you get somebody kind of pulling back when you're doing that and being like, oh, well, why can't we just blah, 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 like, then that should be a sign of like, mm, maybe this isn't the right person for me, especially if your heart is vulnerable and needing protecting. And I think that's what I'm supposing with this person who asked this question And I think it's great that you know that about yourself, that you have this sensitivity and this level of vulnerability, which, by the way, is going to make you an amazing partner when you find the right person. But knowing that about yourself, act accordingly and and love yourself and and listen to to that voice inside of yourself really strongly. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's that's my thought. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that going back and just kind of listening in seek what sequence in mm-hmm. what what would be order sequential sequentially yes <laughs> going, going back and listening to these episodes sequentially yeah <laughs> <laughs> we kind of talk about it almost in every episode because of what i go through in my personal dating life mm-hmm. it is it's kind of this constant battle of like you putting yourself out there and getting hurt and then grieving through that, figuring out what maybe you did that you don't want to do again. And then feeling strong enough to then put yourself out there again. And this is actually, let's lead into the next question. Um, how can you tell if someone is a creep on a dating app versus someone who's well-intentioned? So the reason why I kind of feel like those go together is whether it's a dating app or in real life, like, Mm-hmm. you meet someone or you start talking to someone and you start to really like them. And then you turn out they're, they're just kind of this shit person. You have to begin to start recognizing those qualities. And then you have to get better about pulling yourself back and pulling your heart back when you do. And that's kind yeah. of how you survive this hookup culture, because you have to start, you, you do, you have to be a little on guard of who the the dicks are or who the you know if you're a male listener like who the girls are that just want to use you you know so i think it's listening to your gut and pulling back and being able to pull back be strong enough to pull back when you need to yeah and and knowing like what you said at the top of this episode of like well what are the things that are going to trigger that vulnerability for you like for you the actual physical touch 
like physical, you know, together intimacy will in a way that sort of sexting and and that kind of stuff won't, right? Mm -hmm. And so to me, some people might be comfortable with the physical intimacy, but they're really not ready to like open up about their past and, and, you know, things that they've been through or, you know, and really open up on that emotional level. And then there's other people who are the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. Who really how they build that safety is opening up on the emotional level so that it's safe enough for them to then go into the physical level. And yeah, I, I, I love everything you said. And I think the only way to really know someone is quantity time, you know, mm-hmm. to see them in different settings, different scenarios, when they're tired, when they're angry, when they're whatever, be around their friends, be around your friends. And I think that's the hard thing is there's no way to not risk getting hurt. That is the price of the ticket to get on the ride. Um, But you can control how hurt, how much sort of vulnerability and exposure you have and at what point in time. Well, and I just want to jump in with specifically with the dating app and trying to, sorry, uh, Jared's girlfriend has a dog, Savannah. And whenever you hear little clickings, it's Savannah coming over to say hi. Hi, baby girl. She's so sweet. So with the dating app, so I have some kind of like standard red flags that I see that to me says that this person is not a trustworthy person. So the first one is if they bring up sex within the first few conversations. Some men bring up sex right away. And it's not like, hey, I want to have sex with you. It's like some type of sexual innuendo. Like, oh, are you slipping into the shower or something like that? Like, Mm -hmm. it'll just be something that's like, okay, what, what is on this guy's mind right now? Because pretty sure he just wants to sleep with me. The other thing is I look for how they communicate. If someone is talking to me and using yeah, nah, lowercase letters, so they're not putting effort into it, they're um, using abbreviations instead of full words. To me, that person like doesn't care about much. So why would they care about you? To me, it's like a way for men to be like, I'm not going to put this effort in because I don't really like her. This is like kind of my way of showing her in the beginning so she can't use it against me. That's like how I feel about it. So like just looking for kind of if you're talking to them and their answers are really short. And they're, yep. they don't care about you. They're not asking you questions. Or if they are asking you questions and they have to do with sex or they ask you questions that are really random and weird and inappropriate or ask for too much vulnerability from you mm-hmm. too soon, yep. it should be a very balanced conversation from the beginning. It should not be going super deep. And then the other thing too is if you're talking for a few days and they haven't asked you out. Yeah. That's not someone that I want to waste my time with. To be honest, when I'm talking to someone online and we've been talking just a couple days, I expect them to ask me out for coffee. And if they don't, I delete them. Yeah. They're not really interested in seeing me. They want yeah. a pen, they want a pen pal or they're waiting for some way to get in there to like have a hookup. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's interesting, right, is all those things that you just described, you're like, this is the, these are the things that I need in a relationship. And so- I'm looking to see clear signs of that that's who this person is right at the start, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that can be different for a lot of people, but I actually love your list. I would love if like 
other people would send us like their list of like red flags and stuff. Yeah, that would be interesting. Ooh, maybe we should do a segment called red flags or like, um, well, I'll think of a more clever line. But yeah, yeah, we that's a great we should ask you guys like, what are your top three red flags that you see? Yeah. So and and it's total and I want to also own like there's a lot of male privilege here too because it's totally different for me I think right because men are often much more like literally and physically dangerous to women and so this sort of screening process is much more important if you're a woman or actually if you're LGBT particularly if you're trans trans people face more like relationship violence than mm-hmm. any other group by a lot. And so as a straight man, like this is a very different question for me, but my answers are things like, you know, whatever their views on like therapy are, you know, if oh, it's like, totally. oh yeah, like I, you know, what, what I'm just going to go complain to someone about my yeah, life or whatever. Then I I'm like, agree. Oh, okay. Like this isn't probably going to work. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, and maybe this is a girl's got to eat thing that people will tell you who they are. Like people will yes. always show well, you who they are. I don't know that they came up with that, but it is something yeah. that they say a lot is like, if someone shows you who they are, believe them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right? And because, you know, like I was not not ever really in a relationship, but this was a few years ago, like kind of someone I knew casually. And then like there was an attraction there. And so we like, I don't know, fooled around, like hung out a little bit. And there was this real mismatch between what this person would say and what their actions were you know, um, their actions were like, oh, you're not at all like really interested here and you're like not really reliable, you know, and not someone that I can like put like trust in, which was fine with me because I was just kind of like having fun a little bit. But their words were like saying the opposite thing, right? There was mm. always like a good explanation or whatever. But I think it's important, like, listen to the actions. Yeah. Another, like, popular meme that has gone around on social media is if he likes you, you'll know. If not, you'll be confused. And I think that's really important on either side. If she likes you, you'll know. If not, you'll be confused. Because with any woman or with any man, like, if they're texting you back and they are putting in effort, they like you. If they're sending you mixed signals... They probably don't or your plan B, you know, the other thing with, you know, making sure that someone isn't a creep on dating app. And we talk about this in our swiping episode, episode four, always ask to FaceTime. Like if, and Mm -hmm. if you don't want to give out your phone number on Bumble or well, Hinge doesn't do this, but on Bumble, you can video talk to someone. I always ask them. And if they're like kind of anti that, then that's typically a no for me because I'm like, well, are you a real person? Or are you catfishing me? Or like, what are you trying to hide? Usually with all the standout guys that I've met, they're like, sure, yeah, let's do it. They have mm-hmm. nothing to hide that, you know? So I think that's always a surefire after you've been talking for a little bit, like don't ask that right up front. But after you've been talking for a little bit, um, you know, ask to do a video chat. Yeah. And I think a foundational element here is like loving yourself and insisting on what you need. And if you don't get it, don't turn that back on yourself. Correct. Yes. Right? Because like, I think when you're dating a lot and then it's not working out and then you get excited about someone else and then that doesn't work out, it's so easy to go to this really like what's wrong with me place. Mm-hmm. And particularly if you're a little more sensitive and you're a little more prone to being hurt. And so 
really getting yourself to a place of like recognizing that, you know, you're going to try on a lot of outfits before you find the one that really works, right? Yeah. And when people behave shitty towards you, like putting that blame where it belongs, which is on them. And when there's not shitty behavior and there's just like, you know, not mutual interest in moving forward, then just like remembering like, that's not the person for me, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that there's necessarily something wrong with them that we need to like assign a lot of blame to. And we definitely don't want to assign a lot of blame to ourselves, but it's just like, oh, not the right person, move forward. You know. Yes, I agree. Okay. What helps, so this kind of goes along with that, what helps overthinking and anxieties in dating? Is that a stupid question? No. No. Definitely oh, not person, a stupid like, question. Oh, yeah, like you're, you're overthinking your question in the middle of it. So no, that's not a stupid question at not all. Not a stupid question. And we, I've talked a lot about that in episode five, about mm-hmm. my anxieties with dating um, it's, I think it's very normal. So what helps with overthinking and anxieties? I think self work, like working mm-hmm. on yourself, therapy. What, what are your thoughts? Those things? Yes. And it's, it's really interesting to me because there's people who, for whatever reason, have had experiences where it's hard for them to have like deep at their core, this really solid place of like, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And and there's people who have that, right, who have always had that sense of themselves and they, you know, probably had like healthy families and really good models around them and, and didn't struggle with various mental illness or, or mental difficulties or whatever. And so some of us have to build that sense within ourselves as adults. Like some people, it's just there in them and they don't even like they can't even kind of conceptualize what it's like for it not to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not one of those people. Like, I feel like I'm still building mine. It's like, even when the seas get rough, you're still steady and, and solid rather than when I didn't have that in my life. Like even little things would just throw me for mm-hmm. a loop, you know, yeah. and I would oh, be yeah, for a sure. mess. Right. And how I built that is through a lot of therapy, um, meditation has helped recently, you know, spirituality in a lot of different ways has helped me too. And building really solid relationships, you know, solid friendships with people that I can talk to and process my stuff with who, who maybe don't respond in the same way I do and can give me some really good perspective and advice and be like, you're not overthinking uh, this person is being kind of shitty, right? Like, yes, I second that. I think it's really important to have friends that support you with whatever you're feeling or whatever you did in that relationship or pseudo relationship that you felt like you did wrong. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important for people to be in your life that, like, no, you didn't do anything wrong. You, that person just, kind of was shitty and, or listen, like maybe this didn't go the way that you planned it to go, but the right person, you're not going to have to worry about that. You know, just like just someone or one or a couple people in your life or a therapist or whatever Mm -hmm. that can just assure, help you find the assurance that you need. You know, like I have a, a couple girlfriends that whenever I, like when I'm mad at a guy and I send them like something, I don't want to hear from them like, oh yeah, well, 
I, I kind of agree with them. Like, I can't believe you sent him that text. Like, that is like the last thing that you want to hear mm-hmm. from your friend. You want to hear like, what an asshole. Like, what an asshole. And I think you just, you need people in your life that love you and know you and support you and that help you like come to this place in supporting and knowing and loving yourself. Yeah. Well, and I think too, um, like we talked about in the bonus episode, if you in your life currently have a lot of like downtime and you know you're prone to those like ruminating repetitive thoughts, like then that's going to make it harder for you, right? Mm -hmm. And, And I think we can all do that, especially coming out of a breakup, like where we're quite literally trying to fill a void and also avoid pain by the distraction of a new relationship and or I think a lot of times we get really invested. I know for me, the times where I've been like spending the most time on online dating apps is because other things in my life aren't great. Mm-hmm. And I'm either yeah. looking for, like using that as avoidance or looking for like, I'm unhappy and I need to find somebody that will make me happy. Yes. And I think when you're in that place, then if it doesn't go well, then it's so brutal. I always say like, and this is a key to, I think, finding someone too and, you know, taking care of yourself along the way, but. (laughs) Hi, Savannah. (laughs) (laughs) But the key is fill your life with things that feel good. Have a full life that you like and then add dating in, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you know, A, people are more attracted to people that are happy and fulfilled. And B, if you're living the life that makes you really happy, you're more likely to find the person who also wants that life that makes them happy too, right? Well, and also too, if you deal with a lot of relationship anxiety and you're constantly going into relationships, you're not getting enough time on your own to deal with that and work on yourself. So I highly recommend like a few months of just not talking to, not dating anyone, just being you, working on yourself and working on your life. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. These are big questions. I know. And we have some like, I love our listeners. How do you get... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is like the opposite now. (laughs) Perfect segue. Okay, uh, <laughs> how do you get a girl interested in lifting weights? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Tough one. I know. So I have some thoughts about this question. Do you want me to go, or do you want to say yours first? No, please go. <sighs> okay. So my thoughts about this are that if you are in a relationship with someone that's not interested in lifting weights. And that is a deal breaker for you, then maybe you need to think about if you're with the right person. Because I feel like, okay, let me, I'm going to like do an a analogy here. Is that an, what is called analogy? Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I'm really into guys who play soccer who play, who play soccer, who are interested in soccer. I've just always been into soccer guys. Let's say I meet someone and fall in love and they don't 
they're not interested in soccer. They don't play soccer. They're not good at soccer. Maybe they're not even athletic. Well, why would I need to feel like I'd need to change them? You know, like I chose Mm -hmm. that person. I fell in love with that person. I'm with that person. So I guess there's two things. There's two ways you could go here. One, just, you know, if you want this girl that you're dating or in a relationship with to lift weights, say that, like, be like, Hey, listen, like I go to the gym, I lift weights. Um, I would love your company while I'm there. If that's Mm -hmm. what it's about, if it's about company and building on that relationship, ask. And if she doesn't want to, then get over it because you're Mm -hmm. with her right now. If you're wanting her to lift weights because you want her to look a certain way, then like, sorry, but you're kind of an asshole. You know, if you signed up for that relationship or you signed up to date that person and they don't have this specific body type that you're looking for and you want her to lift weights just so that you can be dating someone with the body type that you want, like, mm-hmm. then I think that that's kind of a, you need to look in yourself at that point. Yeah. That last part was like, well, the part about it being time together was the thing that I was going to say. And I like Nicole and I have talked about that, right? Especially when I was training for this triathlon. Like one of the greatest things is that, you know, I'm like, look, you know, we, we both have very busy work lives. And I had made this commitment to this race before we even got together, I think. And so it was just more and more of my time. And I was like, I don't, we have such limited time already. Like, you know, and so there was times early in our relationship when we would run together and things like that, you know, and I kind of said to her like, oh, I, I love that. I actually really love running with you. And, you know, just because we it's we get to spend time together in that yeah. nice way. So I think, like you said, making it about time spent together. I also think it's a weird thing for a lot of people going into an area where you feel really uncomfortable and like you don't you don't understand this world at all. And your partner's like an expert in that world. And so also be willing to sort of like step back and like let them do it in their way, you know. Um, Absolutely. Or or if it is about time together, be like, listen, I love going to the gym. I love lifting weights. That's really important to me. I'd love for you to be part of that. But also maybe maybe she's not lifting weights, but she's doing something else in the gym. But you guys still like can see each other, check in, talk, laugh, yeah. whatever. Also, right? if... Or- if it's about time spent, then offer to pay for her gym membership. Yeah, right. Or offer to be like, well, what is she into? If she loves Pilates, then like once a week you go to a Pilates class, which will be good for you anyway to like work your body in different ways. And like, you know, don't insist that it has to be your way. And I think the other thing too is like, you know, maybe you're not the right person to sort of like teach her lifting and show her the ropes. Like I know a lot of people who would rather... Like I, I tried to teach one girlfriend how to drive stick. Like she didn't <laughs> how to drive stick and, and I did. You know? Actually my ex I, my ex-husband taught me how to drive stick. Yeah, and, and he I mean did a I think, job. Yeah, and in certain relationships that works, but in certain relationships I've been, I'm like, oh, I would never, you know, or like I know people who ski or snowboard and then mm-hmm. they want the other person to try it. And I'm always like, get them a lesson, like yeah. not with you. You know, because sometimes that's better. And so I think yeah. offering that at least or something like that. This is an interesting question because I think you need to look at what the motive is behind you asking that question. 
And that's kind of what mm-hmm. we summarized here. If the motive is that you just want to spend more time with this person, then like we just said, um, offer to pay for her membership, l- allow her to do whatever she wants at the gym versus what you want her to do. If the motive is because you want her to look a certain way, and this is kind of like, I guess my natural glass half empty view, thank you, on men is that maybe this person is asking that because he wants her to have a bigger ass or more muscles or whatever. That's kind of like the fetish right now, right? Is to to lift weights, to have a bigger ass. So if that is your motive, then I think you need to figure out why you want to change your partner. Yeah. And And, and I think it could also be somewhere in the middle. I mean, I hear a lot of people say, I want a partner that's healthy and active and stuff like that. Right. And so it could be somewhere in that middle ground where it's not necessarily fully superficial about body features. But even if it is in that middle ground, then I think the only way to sort of make that approach is say, hey, this is something I enjoy. I would like for us to maybe do this together. Maybe we can find a way to do this together that's also something you enjoy. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be lifting in the way that I want to lift, but um, I'll join you in something fun and active so that we can have that time. Together, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'll just wrap the question off with like, you know, I was married to someone for a lot of years and he wasn't really ever interested in yoga and he tried a few classes and he maybe put some more effort in towards the end of our marriage to try and do yoga. But it was just never his thing. I don't know that he ever even really felt comfortable with me teaching it. Um, I've dated other guys that really could care less about it. They're not interested. And that is one thing, like, of course, I'd love to be in a relationship with someone that like wants to go practice and do a yoga class with me or take my classes. But like, that's probably not an, a realistic thing that's going to happen. Like the likelihood of me meeting the perfect guy for me who also like wants to do yoga and do like that may not happen. So I guess it's just important to figure out what you're, what is really important to you in what you want in a partner. And if physical fitness and the cert, the way that a certain person, your partner needs to look, is that important to you? And your partner doesn't look that way. Like then you either need to reassess why you want your partner to look that way or maybe move on from that partner. Yeah. And also, if that's important to you, then be totally upfront with that when you're looking. Yeah. But also, like, don't tell that partner that they don't look the way that you want them to look. Because that yes. is no. like a so, stupid yeah, asshole yeah. move. Yeah. No, I wasn't saying that. But I was saying, like, you know, lifting or maybe it's rock climbing, you know, is super mm-hmm. important to me. This is what I do every weekend. And, you know. Then date I'm, someone I'm, who's a rock climber. I'm looking for someone who's yes. also yeah. very interested and has mm-hmm. this passion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think it's probably a little different. Like if you've been with someone for a few years and maybe, you know, I think it's normal to over time to put on some extra weight or maybe to start to look a little different as you get older. And that could be a conversation as you sit down just more in in like health, like, Hey, listen, like I want, I'm worried about your health. I want you to be healthy. And, you know, I would love if you worked out with me, like not because I want you to change who you are, but like, you know, like, let's work out together. Let's get healthier together. Like that would be the way to approach that conversation. But um, yeah. So anyway, okay. The last question is what's something you're glad you'll never do again? 
Oh, boy. I know. I was, like, trying to think about my answer before the podcast, and this is a tough one. Okay. So I have two, uh, and they sort of go together. So the the, immediate answer- the question is, what's something something you're glad you'll never do? Not what's two things you're glad you'll never do again? Oh, I have to have <laughs> just one. <laughs> okay, fine. Say your two things. Okay, because they are very related. Okay, so all right. Okay. My like first answer was, um, I'm glad I'll never be in my 20s again. <laughs> uh, I love that. I'll that was one. Um, because for me, like being in my 20s was like, I didn't know who I was. I was trying to figure out my career. I was not as comfortable with myself as I am now. I was in a bunch of shitty relationships, whatever. Then the real answer, which is also tied to what I just said, is I am very glad that I will never sort of like compromise who I am and my authenticity Mm. for the sake of a relationship Mm. again, which I think was something I did a lot when I was younger is I would have strong feelings for somebody and it would be going well. And then in all these little ways, I'd sort of become this person that I thought that they wanted or they needed me to be or whatever. I, I would kind of, um, and I was not being fully myself under the guise of like being like the good boyfriend, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and now I still care about being a good, considerate partner, but I'm also very in tune with like honoring my authenticity too, mm-hmm. you know? I love so that. Those are my- Thank Aww. you. Okay, I'm glad you See, did and too. yeah, and 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 you were like giving me shit for having I two. know. Okay. I think mine, well I had I kind of had a funny one and a non-funny one too. Mm-hmm. But my funny one was you know like sometimes women have complications after sex like UTIs, yeast infections, mm-hmm. bacterial vaginosis, whatever. We're going to we're going to have a whole episode about sex at some point. I just haven't figured out who our who our guests will be for that. But I have gotten to the point where I expect the person who is on the other side of that to help me financially and be supportive of me through those um, situation. Mm. So like, I will never like not communicate that to a partner to like hide that from them. Mm. Does that make sense? Like if I have a complication, I'm going to let them know. And I expect them to be there for me during that time, whether it's financially or go to urgent care with me or whatever. Like I think as women, like that should be the new normal is like, we don't have to deal with that shit on our own. Like we Whoever is on the other side of that, because it takes two people to have sex, like they should be contributing to that in some way. Totally. Yeah. It, it's shitty for anyone to be like, well, that's your problem. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. no, we both created this problem. Yeah. So. Maybe in the future, I'll tell you guys one funny story about that. But um, so then the other thing I think, I guess I think back to getting married so young. So I was 21 when I got married and I all of the decisions that I made to get married and how I had the wedding and I, you know, where I spent my money on the wedding, which was not very much. And like, I, the actual wedding wasn't that great. And there were some, a lot of things that went wrong. And like, I look back on that day and I just don't, it was not the happiest day of my life. And a lot of people say that about their weddings. And I think it wasn't the happiest day of my life because it wasn't me. 
Like it yeah. wasn't who I was as a person and what I really wanted. And, and part of that is because I didn't even know, Yeah, you know? So I think moving forward, I mean, I'd like to be married again someday. Mm. So I guess for that stage of my life, like I want to be really authentic to who I am you know, and maybe that means not having a wedding or maybe it means spending a lot of money on the wedding dress because I got mine at a thrift store by myself. You know, it's like, like now I do have the opportunity at some point to kind of fix those things that I didn't really like. But on the other hand, I'm not, I'm no longer traditional in the sense of how I think about stuff like that. So So I, I guess mine is kind of on the same line of yours of just be authentic to who I am and what my needs are it, moving forward in relationship and then moving even more forward with like if that relationship turns into marriage. Yeah, well, and your example of the wedding is great because it sort of expands on that concept, which is, you know, when you're planning a wedding, it's not just like, oh, well, I have to do X, Y, Z for my partner, but it's like, I have to do X, Y, Z because this is what my family expects mm-hmm. and or like this is the tradition or this is just what you're supposed to do, you know, and I think a lot of people, especially when we're younger, we we make a lot of decisions from that place rather than being like, well, what do I want and what's important to me and, and who am I, you know, mm-hmm. and, and how do I be real and true to myself, you know? Yeah, definitely. So that's cool. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for submitting your questions and we hope that we were able to answer those for you. We are going to wrap up the episode with our worst date stories and we're going to try and be quick about it because we know this episode's going kind of long. So Jared, do you want to start with yours? Sure. So the story I'll tell is actually from, gosh, one of the first times I was like seriously online dating. And so this was like 10 years ago when I had like moved for grad school and stuff like that. And one of like the very first dates I went on, I didn't know enough at this point to really recognize like kind of deceptive pictures or whatever. So I start talking to this girl and after a little while, I'm like, hey, do you want to meet up? And she's like, yeah. But then she starts saying stuff like, well, you know, I don't, I, I'm worried you're not going to like me or something like that. Right. Okay. And oh, gosh. so, so. By the way, this is not a story where I'm like where the bad thing is that she didn't look like I expected. Oh, okay. That okay. isn't yeah. That is not the bad thing. So we meet up and she doesn't look like I expected, but like that was that's fine. And I'm, you know, like, okay, whatever, still being friendly. But I think at one point she got really self conscious and was like, see, I knew you wouldn't like me and like blah blah, blah and like started crying. What? Yeah. Um, but why? Like, what was it that was off? Well, I don't know. She was like, because I, I don't even think I had said anything at that point of like, hey, I like had she a nice could just time, tell. I'm not really feeling a connection. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know what it was. I don't know if she like she said she made some sort of comment or whatever, or maybe she like point blank asked me or something like that. And I was like, well, you know, I think you're nice and like, blah, blah. And she was kind of like, went to this really like sort of self-conscious place of like, see, I knew it. And so I like spent probably like 20 or 30 minutes like sort of comforting her. Oh my God. While at the same time, like, it was this weird thing of like being honest where I was like, yes, well, I'm, I'm not like romantically interested, but like, you're still a good person. Like, that's yeah, not, sure. you know, like you shouldn't feel bad about this. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Um, so that was just like an awkward first date story. Yeah. Because you know? like I felt bad for her and like, you know. Well, it's kind of interesting because my worst date story also has crying in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard this story. <laughs> okay. So I matched with this guy on Hinge. Wasn't like super interested in him, but our conversation started flowing. And I said in our swiping episode that I, I prefer to meet quicker than later. But for mm-hmm. for some reason, like we just, it was a few days before we actually met. And he seemed kind of cool. Like we had some longer conversations back and forth. So he lived out 45 minutes from me and I don't like the guy driving out to me. And he asked me if I wanted to meet for ice cream. And I said, yeah, let's do it. I said, I'm driving out to the beach. So how about I stop by on my way back? We can grab ice cream and meet, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's a little bit more casual. Well, as I'm driving out to the beach, he texts me and says, hey, or I said, have you ever done yoga before? And he goes, I haven't, but I really want to tell you something. He's like, I got a message from the universe telling me that yoga was going to be a way for you and I to connect. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that's weird. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, kind of sweet, maybe, but but, weird. But we hadn't met. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So really weird. So, So then he continues. He's like, you know, I'm kind of an empath. And just so you know, like I, I'm psychic. So oh, then I was boy. like, um, okay. So I started kind of backing off a little bit and I'm driving to the beach thinking like, I don't feel comfortable, like nothing against people in that field. It's just not something that I would feel comfortable with. And so I just kind of texted him. I said, Hey, listen, like, it's just not something I feel comfortable with. And he was like, I can't, I knew you would react this way. And that's why I didn't tell you and blah, 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 blah. And I feel like you're giving up on me. And he like, he's like, he calls me and he's like, listen, like, I feel like you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. Like what I really mean is that when I say the universe gave me a message, it's really like God is speaking to me. And I don't not believe in that. I believe we can get messages. And he's like, and what I mean by psychic is I just, I'm an empath. Like I can understand what people are feeling. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, like I understand that, you know? And I just felt comfortable with this guy in the conversation. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I think we're on the same page now. Like I understand what you were saying. It must've just been a text miscommunication. Uh Uh-huh. So then he's like, (laughs) so then he's like, he couldn't meet up for ice cream anymore because he got called into work. He's like, how about I drive to Redlands and pick you up and we'll go grab wine. So again, like usually I would never have someone pick me up, but Uh I, at this point we had this really nice phone conversation and we'd been texting all these days and was like, okay, yeah, sure. Like that would be fine. Granted I lived by myself. Right. So He shows up to my door and I open the door and immediately was like, oh shit, this guy's weird. Like, I don't know what it was about it. Like it was his posture. It was the way he greeted me. It was the way he walked. It was just everything about him was different than what was presented in his photos and So anyway, so I'm thinking like, okay, just breathe. Like, you know, it'll be fine. You'll get through this. Maybe your chemistry will grow. So anyway, I go to his truck. He opens my door. I get in and I just decided to ask him questions and I'm hearing him talk and hearing him talk and realizing 
I don't like this person. <laughs> like, not only yeah. do I not like this person, but I feel creeped out by this person. And mm-hmm. my gut reaction to him being like, I'm psychic was like spot on. And so we get to the restaurant, we were going to get drinks. And I'm thinking like, how can I get out of this? How can I get out of this? And we get up and we order wine and he sits there and he's talking about himself. And I just, I, I lasted 20 minutes and I said, mm-hmm some girl walked by and he like shivered and he was like, Oh, and I'm like, are you okay? He goes, I just, sorry. just her energy. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, let me ask you, how do you feel? What do you think my energy is right now? Uh, And he was like, well, I feel, he's like, I feel like you're like this puppy dog and you're like excited on who's behind the door and you think it's your owner, but you don't know. And you're kind of nervous. And, and I was like, okay, so, um, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not really feeling what I thought I would feel. And he goes, well, is that a good or a bad thing? And I was like, um, he goes, it's a bad thing. And he's like, I knew it. He's like, I knew, I knew when I opened that door, I knew you weren't in it. I can't believe this. And he goes on this rant about how he's never dating again, how this is God telling him he shouldn't Uh. be dating. And then he gets really quiet. And I was like, listen, I'm really sorry. Um, you know, sometimes this happens for me that the other person doesn't like me. And he's like, my feelings are just so hurt. And he starts crying. (laughs) And I just didn't know what to do. I mean, like, clearly there was some instability there and Uh, a lot going on. Plus he had told me like he was a veteran, like he had been in Iraq and he worked with rifles. So there's that whole element to it. So anyway, I said, listen, do you want to go home? I'll just Uber. Like I didn't want to spend any more time with him. And he's like, yeah, I think that's best. And I said, well, let me pay for the wine. He goes, no, that's ridiculous. And he pulls out a 20 and he puts it on the countertop. Well, it was like wine night. So I made like $7. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, he gets up and he goes, and I was just like so relieved. I called my girlfriends and um, they came and picked me up. And then I got a couple like angry texts from him afterwards. And it basically just was like, I was like, hey, listen, do I need to be, you know where I live now? Do I need to be afraid for my safety? And he was like, wow, you are a liberal. And he blocked me. And then I just slept at my sister's for a week. Wow. Yeah. So it was pretty crazy. So anyway, that was definitely my worst. Like that's such a stark dichotomy. I was like, like, like my, like, like my story was like, oh, this girl cried, and I was like slightly uncomfortable, and I felt bad for her or whatever. And then you're like, I had to fear for my physical life and safety. Um, and so yeah, I, I, I feel like I've been set up to look like a jerk. Um, no. no, by the way, that like that's terrible, right? Like that. Sucks. And, yeah. Well, yeah. lots of lessons yeah, but it's learned. Like you handled it so well. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like I I handled it as well as I could have. I mean, definitely a lot of lessons learned that you guys can also learn from this. Like, never have an online date. Pick you up from your house. Yeah. Always meet them there. And like, if you have a gut feeling, go with it. Like, you don't yep. owe that person anything. So, anyway, that was a pretty. Pretty crazy date story that will always, I mean, it's down in the books for sure. 
Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So anyway, well, thank you guys so much. I know this was kind of a longer episode, but we just, we love you and we're so appreciative of all the support that we've gotten. And we just wanted to kind of like answer your questions and share our stories and what's going on in our life. And yeah. Do you have any yeah, last keep things them coming. to say? I mean, questions, tell us your stories, tell us your reactions. Like yeah. it's so fun. Yeah. And then make sure to follow us on Instagram at hello and goodbye podcast. You can follow me at underscore Lana Joan. You don't need to follow Jared. Um, and then subscribe, rate and review on iTunes. And we'll see you next time. Yes. And stay safe and stay well and stay and home. And keep, yes, keep social distancing. And yeah. All right. Bye, you guys. Bye.